Welcome to She's a DPM, a platform for women to share their experiences, knowledge, and insights on cultivating a life in and outside the field of podiatric medicine and surgery. All right. Well, then welcome back, everybody, to She's a Future DPM. And today's special guest is a fourth-year podiatry student, uh, Kiara Mercado. So welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Dr. Oxman. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> I'm happy to have you on and learn a little bit more about yourself and what fourth year has been like for you at uh, New York. But before we get into it, do you mind telling everybody a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure thing. So um, I'm Kiara. Um, so you already said I'm a fourth year student at NYCPM, but I come from Peru. I immigrated here when I was three to New Jersey and I've been a Jersey girl ever since. After moving to Jersey, um, I love to just go camping or hiking on the weekends whenever I can. When I'm not in clinic, I'm usually out trying to do something, get to know the area that I'm in, because even though I've lived here for the last 20 years, I've come to find out that I don't really know much about it. <laughs> um, it happens. So Where's your favorite place to hike so far? <laughs> Uh, Bear Mountain. Um, it's like right, it might be classified as New York slash New Jersey border, but um, I like to go there often in the summer, but it's been way too humid lately to even try to attempt hiking. So I've been going down the beach a little bit more often than usual. I mean, yeah, especially summer. That's nice. Do you yeah. live in New Jersey and commute to New York or do you currently live in New York? Yeah, so I I live in Jersey. Um, I live in Jersey City, so it's not a bad commute to Harlem. I'd say it's about um, 45 to 50 minutes. I take two trains. It's super easy. I used to drive in every day um, when the pandemic was around because I started in 2020. And at first it was fine. And then all of the pandemic traffic kind of caught up with it. And I realized I should stop trying to drive to school because I was just being late no matter how early I left. Wow. I didn't think about that. Yeah. That you started during the pandemic. Ooh, fun times. Yeah. It feels like forever ago at this point. So when did you first hear about podiatry? So I actually was a latecomer into podiatry. I didn't know about it at all until my sophomore year of college. Um, I went to an extra credit um, seminar that my college class was hosting, and Dr. Juliana Paternina was there presenting. She was an alumni of St. Peter's University, where I went, and she gave this great speech about podiatry and everything that we do in it and how we really make an impact on the day-to-day -day of someone's life, and I was like, you know what? this is really cool because I wanted to be an ortho at the time. I was trying to do MDDO school and I was like, this is pretty interesting. So I asked her to shadow and she, she did one up and she told me, hey, why don't you come interview at my practice? So I did, I got the job and you know, I fell in love with it. After a couple of months, I was like, I'm changing my path. I want to do this instead. <laughs> this is awesome. What did she hire you as? A medical assistant front desk in the beginning. Nice. Okay. So how long were you there before applying to school? I was there about three and a half years. 
Wow. Okay. So significant amount of time. So you really didn't just shadow, you lived and breathed it first. Yeah. I, I was in college at the same time. So I would do my college and like work my schedule around the job so I can get as much in in a day. And I even went as far as to make it um, an internship for my, my school. So I got to do credit for my job, which was a great thing. And she really did teach me a lot. Like a lot of what I went into third year of, at NYCPM, I felt like I already somewhat knew in the clinical standpoint because of Dr. Paternina. So I, I always tell her how thankful I am that she hired me that day. Yeah, that is an amazing experience. I know not a lot of people have that same opportunity as well. So, okay, that's how you fell in love with podiatry and decided to pursue it. Um, you mentioned that you are a first-generation pre-med or you were a first-generation pre-medical student. Now you are a first-generation medical student. Um, what has that process kind of been like and, and any advice for others out there that are also a first-generation uh, applicant? Yeah, so being first-gen, I feel like this is pretty daunting because I decided I wanted to be a doctor when I was really young. I think my parents tell me all the time I was about seven or eight. I didn't realize that I wanted to be a podiatrist then, but I wanted to help people. And when the time came, you know, to apply to med school or start thinking about it, I kind of felt myself being like, oh my gosh, this is my entire life just boiling down into one moment. And it was it was pretty hard because I felt like I didn't really have anyone to turn to and be like, what, what is a personal statement or what are they looking for? What's a good application look like? How do I prep for the MCAT? Um, so the first thing that I did was I, I knew that my parents obviously couldn't help me in this sector of medicine. So I reached out to Dr. Paternina for as much as help that she could offer and what she thought was a good application and then from there, I think I turned to a couple of my friends that had applied both to MD school and had applied to podiatry school who did have parents that helped them out or weren't first generation. And I said, hey, I really have no idea how this works. Could you maybe help me out here? Or what do your parents say? What do your family members say? Um, and that helped a lot. And it just I feel like it all boiled down to me not being afraid to ask for help. So I went to my college professors, Dr. Paternina, my friends, and any resources that they gave me, I wrote it down. And then I went through them later on and I was like, this works for me or it doesn't. And if it didn't, I didn't try to make it work for me. Like if you go on student doctor network, they give you so many advices. And I was like, I don't, I don't resonate with this. I'm going to go with what the people that have done this um, have said to me and what feels good to me. So I think for myself, um, for the MCAT, it was, it was a little weird. Uh, the resources that I used were the um, Princeton Review course, which was really helpful. But then the MCAT uh, during the pandemic 2020 ended up getting canceled and rescheduled. So I didn't have to take it. Nice. <laughs> so, Maybe one of the only good things. One of the only good things, but I still feel like all the resources that I gathered at the time, I still have them in a little folder and I go back to St. Peter's um, whenever I can to talk about podiatry or talk about just getting into the healthcare system. 
And I tell them like, do you, if you need anything, reach out to me. I have it already prepped for you in a little folder. I can just send it your way, you know? Were there any online resources that besides like, I know SDN or student doctor network can be a rabbit hole of a lot of different information and a lot of different opinions, which is sometimes a good, good thing and sometimes overwhelming. Um, were there, did you find anybody on like social media or like blogs that were like, you're like, oh, okay. Like I kind of resonate with you. I feel like at the time I wasn't aware that podiatry had as big of a social networking as it does now, or as I know that it does now. Um, but I had a friend that applied to the NYCPM the year before I did. So I reached out to her and I said, Hey, like, do you know anyone that's willing to talk to me or are you willing to talk to me about school? And then I went on to um, NYCPM and Temple because I was trying to stay in the East Coast. Um, and I saw that they had free help internships. So I really said, you know, how better than to get to know a program in a school than to do their internship program? So I applied. I ended up not being able to do the Temple one, but I did the NYCPM free help internship. And it was really helpful because they gave me kind of in-house resources of what podiatry actually was. And I recommend everyone to just see, even if it's not necessarily at the program you want to be at, or you think you want to be at, to go and find those internships, those, those Zoom meetings, those conversations, and kind of make yourself known. You did that internship even after being an MA for three and a half years. Yes. That's awesome. That means, yeah, you were like double checking, making sure this is what I'm going to be doing. Yeah. Um, I know not all schools do those and it's a really great idea. So can you kind of like quickly summarize what that looked like the pre-health internship? Yeah. So I think they're in the process of um, doing it again because it stopped a little bit with the pandemic, but we went for a week. Um, you had the option to commute in or stay in the bridges, which is our, um, like our student housing. So I stayed in the bridges and every day we had a little workshop of something dietary related to help inform us about the different sectors. I think we had like a suture workshop one day or a biopsy taking workshop. Um, they also helped us to shadow in clinic. So we have our own uh, foot center or foot clinic of New York downstairs. So we got to see firsthand what the students were doing. They also set us up with alumni that were willing to let us shadow at their practices. Mm -hmm. And um, I think I shadowed at Dr. Brummer's office in the city. And to this day, like, I think I still follow him on Instagram. And so it's nice because it made me feel like I was getting out into the field. Um, they took us out to eat. They let us know like what fun things there there is to do in New York besides just um, studying and doing clinics. So it felt like there was a good work-life balance to me. You know? Yeah. And on that note, what is a normal day like as a podiatry student in New York? for you <laughs> so for me um I wake up about 30 minutes before so in third year we have Q and A's um that used to be online but now they've transitioned into a block schedule so they're in person so I would wake up attend my 7 a.m uh Q and A session with uh, whoever was lecturing that day as soon as that was over I would run to the train get on the train go to school and usually you're either um, 
they either put you at the clinic or a rotating hospital. Sometimes you have outside rotations like internal medicine or um, physical therapy. So wherever you are for that day, you know, you usually have a morning shift. Sometimes you're off in the afternoon so you can study or other times you have workshops in between to help supplement whatever you're learning in your day-to-day -day classes. Um, but I'm also part of our student government um, and a couple of other committees. So throughout the day, you might sprinkle in a meeting or a student ambassador interview. So there's always something to do, especially in downtime, because that's when we all really get together in the library or we'll go out to eat, get some sushi and come back. Ooh, sushi. But, and I'm sure New York has great sushi. So oh, yeah. um, since you're four here now, like over the last four years, what strategies have you like developed or learned on ways to stay organized, balance, study, you know, all that and help prevent burnout as well? So, so I have ADHD, um, ironically uh, diagnosed my first year of school, med school. Uh, so it really was a journey, understanding how I studied. Um, so I think as soon as I was realistic about how I studied and allowed myself the time to study that way, so I outline. So I'll type up all my notes and I'll color code it, make it pretty, whatever makes my brain happy at the moment. But of course, that takes a, quite a bit of time. So I knew, you know what, you have to have this amount of days to cover this material. And I kept true to that schedule. And I was realistic. If I had a lot of family things to do on a certain day, then I would cut it down and be like, okay, realistically, you do not have three hours in the day today. Let's make it up some other time. Um, also, I feel like checking in with my friends was also really helpful because at times it's kind of daunting. You're like, oh my God, did I, did I do enough? Did I not do enough? And it's just daily check-ins with my friends saying like, oh my God, I feel like this was really hard for me to understand. Do you understand it? Could you maybe help me out? Has kind of helped me to balance that imposter syndrome that mm -hmm. comes hand in hand with medical school because it reminds me like everyone has something that they don't know about. Everyone in the morning had something like, oh, did you understand this part of the lecture today? Because I really had no clue, you know? Not just students, by the way, too. <laughs> everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And to help prevent burnout, I think I always gave myself at least one day out of the weekend where I considered it illegal to touch a book. Mm -hmm. So I would do something that would make me happy. Is it going out to a dinner with my friend or staying home and reading a book or watching a movie that I wanted to see? I, I allowed myself that time. I think that's smart. That's good. Do, do you like keep a schedule like that you like scheduled those times or kind of more just known I I try to keep a schedule <laughs> so it usually ends up being more like um I wake up and I give myself a two-day schedule and then I touch base with myself again I'm like okay another two-day schedule <laughs> and things yeah like take it every two days at a time yeah exactly because I feel like that's what works best for me if I think way too far in advance then suddenly things start piling on to the next day and then mm -hmm. inevitably we get a little bit of a freak out or a burnout moment then you get a little task paralysis yes exactly yeah. <laughs> um do you have any advice for any pre-med students who may be interested in pursuing a career in podiatry so for a pre-med student I think 
everyone says shadowing is the number one important thing. And I agree it is because there's no better way to um, really understand what, what your life is going to be like at the end of the school. But I also think it's important for them to get involved outside of just shadowing a doctor. I think if you can find any type of way to maybe work in, in the healthcare sector. I know a lot of my classmates were scribes at CityMD or some worked at physical therapy offices or family medicine. I feel like that also helps a lot understand how healthcare works as a whole. Mm-hmm. Because when you're at the hospital, you're not just working with podiatrists, you're working with physical therapists, with uh, internal medicine residents, you're working general surgery, anyone under the sun. So I feel like it's nice to be able to understand how the healthcare system works. And it also gives you kind of another angle to see. And I felt like my time, although it was in a podiatry office, it helped me to empathize with patients more because I was seeing them day to day. I was hearing their stories. I was there when they were upset, when they were happy. And now when I see a patient in the hospital, and this ties into being first gen a little bit too. I feel like I see a little bit of a loved one in them, be it my mom, my dad, a friend, whoever. So I really encourage anyone who's pursuing any career in medicine to just go out there and try to find that authentic empathy and genuine care for the field that you want to do, because that's what's going to shine later on. Yeah, that's very good advice. Yeah. (laughs) And everyone does say shadow, 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 which is so true. But I think that's um, if you are able to have that opportunity to work in healthcare before you go in, that is, um, that would be extremely beneficial and very eye-opening, as you said. Yeah. All right. We're going to move into our final thoughts and questions that I like to ask everybody. So is there something outside of podiatry that you are currently learning or doing? Yes. So I am desperately trying to learn how to knit. (laughs) Cool, cool. It's going pretty well. Um, I can go up to like eight rows at a time before I make a mini mistake and then slowly unravel the whole thing. But every time I'm getting a little bit better and I'm getting a little bit further along in the scarf that I've been knitting for the last year. (laughs) That's awesome. Hey, who cares how long it takes? Uh, Stick with it. (laughs) It'll be a scarf eventually. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. And then is there a tip that you wish you could tell like your first yourself or even like younger self about pursuing a career in podiatry? Yeah, I really wish that I would have gotten involved much more my first year in medical school. I think I was so focused in the, am I going to to do well academically? Am I going to have a 4.0? That I really wish I could have taken advantage of certain things like the APMSA at our school or anything that just got me out there more into conferences or be it like that because it makes it fun you meet a lot of really cool people you get to know everyone in the field and I feel like that's what reminds me that at the end of this degree there's there's an entire life of this career ahead of it you know yes and you can take that you that advice that you just gave your younger self and apply it to when you go to residency as well but yeah there's a lot of opportunities available there there too um and just jump in but take time for yourself as well because it is a wild roller coaster ride residency oh yeah looking forward Um, to it but scary 
you will you'll get through it and it'll be good if anybody has any questions that or wants to reach out to you where could they find you um you can find me on instagram at a peruvian pod student or you can uh send me a dm there and i can share my my email with you and that'll be best yeah, that's a new, that's a good one. I will put that in the show notes. And I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be a guest and uh, good luck with the rest of this year and look forward to all that you do and accomplish. Thank you so much. Email me at droxman at gmail.com. The address is in the show notes below. And let me know if there's a topic or if you know a kick-ass lady who should be interviewed. Thanks for listening. Looking forward to hearing your comments and suggestions on the podcast. And remember, stay uncomfortable. That's where we grow.